I'm Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us or laughing with us or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here in Pleasant Picture Studio with my man, my lover, my sexy one and only who gives me everything, (laughs) Mr. Eric Robertson. I don't know that I could ever keep a straight face during this part. Well, they can't see your face, baby. Well, I know it's a podcast, but I'm just, (laughs) that's why I'm telling them. What if this whole time you didn't know this was a podcast? Wait, this isn't being filmed? (laughs) Oh, you know I wish it was. We are so freaking excited to have you guys here today. It has been a doozy. It has been a day. It has been a friggin' day getting this episode filmed. And I shared this on my Instagram stories, but this is why I think it was so hard to get this episode done is because the information we are going to share is so life altering. <laughs> It's so groundbreaking. It's so We'd like to think so. Earth-shattering. It honestly could just be that if you're ever trying to do anything positive, like make your bed even, there will be some sort of resistance that arises. This is so true. There is a really, really good book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I'm positive that I've mentioned it before. Yeah, you have. But if you are feeling resistance to any sort of creative project or anything positive that you're doing in your life, you just need to read and or listen to that book. Like, I think you could listen to it every month and get something out of it. Yeah, it could be a regular rotation Yeah, and benefit you all the time. Because you just listen to it and you go, it's so true. Oh, what a relief. Anyway, we're so excited that you're here. Hopefully, there's going to be some really awesome stuff in this uh, episode for you. It is episode 25. Ooh, quarter. That's that's half a year. That's it. There's 52 weeks in a year. Wow, we're doing it, hun. We're like the real deal. We're really doing it. Uh, episode 25, and we are going to talk about big picture thinking versus small picture thinking. And here's what we're going to cover in today's episode. We're going to define big picture thinking and small picture thinking. Then we're going to define some attributes of small picture thinking, why it can hinder you from getting where you want to be, doing what you want to do. And then we're going to define the attributes of big picture thinking. Then, because we're not just here to talk about feeling awesome and feeling feelings and all that crap. We want to actually do and be and go and get out there and take action. We are going to give you three tactical tools for being more of a big picture thinker. So here's how I think you should use this particular episode. If you are feeling stuck or you are feeling, like we said, resistance, or you are feeling not happy with the results of a certain situation or aspect in your life, put that in your mind Get that in your mind, think about it, and then ask yourself while we talk about these attributes of smaller big picture thinking, am I thinking about this like a small, little picture thinker? And you know what? That's not bad. That's not awful. We all do it. We all do it. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, you can blow your own mind a little bit and start thinking about it like a big picture thinker. And then we're going to give you some tools and attributes to think about. And hopefully what that can do is it can shift your not being super happy with the results you're getting right now to getting you one step closer to where you want to be or where you want to go. Before we do that, we have a getting bookie with it. Na, 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 na. Ooh, from Eric. Hi, that's me. He's going to do a getting bookie with it. Okay. The book that I want to talk about 
is called Daily Rituals by Mason Curry. And why I'm sharing this is because I recently got fascinated with the daily schedule of creatives. Mm-hmm. And so he basically compiled kind of like daily schedules of hundreds of like famous creators, poets, musicians, writers, psychologists, etc. I wanted to read this this section from William James. William James is a psychologist. And William James had something that we all have, which is choice overload. We have choice overload like to a degree that William James couldn't even freaking fathom. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. And he never actually got on top of his daily schedule. Mm. And at the end of his life, he wrote this passage. He learned the hard way. Yeah. And what he says is, the more of the details of our daily life we can hand over to the effortless custody of automatism, the more our higher powers of mind will be set free for their own proper work. There is no more miserable human being than one whom nothing is habitual but indecision, and for whom the lighting of every cigar and drinking of every cup and time of rising and going to bed every day in the beginning of every bit of work are subjects of express volitional deliberation. So what this means is he says, there's no one more miserable than someone who has to make a choice for everything. I am so good at making myself miserable. I know, you're excellent at it. I'm so good at it. Like, I deserve all the gold stars and all the awards for for this specific thing when it comes to my career, especially. Well, and like eating dinner <laughs> and like shoes and earrings. and So there's fundamental human needs that we all need fulfilled. And one of them is certainty and one of them is variety. And so, yes, variety is the spice of life. So... Maybe variety for you might be picking out different earrings or different shoes every single day. But what I love about this quote that Eric shared is you can have choice overload. So I think you choose the things you want to keep spicy and variety in your life, right? Right. And you're like, okay, I'll bring in some variety there. But then having habits, systems, and some certainty in place around the other things, right? Yeah. And so the point is, is to have these things like already decided, Mm-hmm. Like realize they're not as important because once that's done, then your higher faculties and your higher powers that you can do will have, you know, free reign and have the real power. Yeah. The real power will be, you can create, you can love, and you're not bogged down with these decisions that really aren't that important. Yeah. And this is really perfect because it leads right into this big picture thinking versus small picture thinking. So I love that. What was the name of that book again? It's called Daily Rituals by Mason Curry. Daily Rituals by Mason Curry. I've looked at some of the profiles and I think they're super interesting. And as always, we will have show notes for you on the com. That's Allison with one L. Sometimes it takes like a day for me to get them up, but I'm working on it. <laughs> and you can always find links to all of the books we mentioned or any of the materials, past podcast episodes we mentioned there. I have so many books that I have been reading lately that I want to share, but I'm actually going to do it while we talk about this big picture thinking versus small picture thinking. And so this is really interesting because this is something Eric and I have both kind of been independently approaching through different practices and habits that we're working on right now. And so we kind of came together and we're super excited to talk about this topic. So we're going to define big picture thinking for you. And this is just, you know, our definition. Big picture thinking is realizing that what you do today builds what you want for tomorrow, right? It's being able to take a step back and realize the small, tiny, actionable items that you're doing today contribute to tomorrow. It's thinking more than what small picture thinking is. And I defined small picture thinking is trading what you ultimately want for what you want right now, right? And so... 
I think that this is so interesting because both of them boil down to the small daily choices that we make, I believe. Right. No, totally. And your thoughts. And your thoughts. It starts with your thoughts. Right? Change your thoughts, change your habits. And they're the small things that we do every day. Big picture thinking is thinking about what you want down the road and knowing that those thoughts and actions are going to contribute to the big picture. And small picture thinking is trading what you want ultimately for what you want right now. And like we said, we're going to define some attributes of small picture thinking. And as I said before, like this is all about application, right? Application, application. So think of something in your mind that you're feeling stuck on or something that you would like to change, something that you would like to feel differently about and ask yourself, am I having small picture thinking about these things? And our first attribute of a small picture thinker is you, baby. Not you, but you're up. (laughs) Wow, I'm guilty of this. The first thing that I thought of was uh, having the victim mentality. And what I mean by this, it's thinking that you don't have control of your life. You think that life happens to you. Not for you. you. Yeah. So you don't control things. So you're stuck in a job and your boss sucks and that's the only job you can get. Or your family situation is this way. So therefore, you know, you're this way. And w- once you view yourself as a victim and that you don't have control, really the only thing you can do is complain. And once you start that cycle, it just, it loops and you stay, you stay in the same place. Yeah, I love that because it's the victim mentality is that things are happening to you and you can just simply change that one word that things are happening for you and that you are the hero of your story, right? You're not the victim of your story. And the, the coolest thing about your story is we all get to write our own story. Yep. Um, I love that. Okay. Another attribute that we outlined as small picture thinking is not believing that you deserve anything better than what you already have. And I fall victim to this all the time because not so much that I don't think I deserve better necessarily, but I'll kind of be like, how dare I? Like, how dare I think that I could... I have got a a wonderful husband and healthy kids. Like, how dare I ask for any more success than this? Or how dare I assume that I have value to give in this particular area? And one of the books that I read last week, I blew through a lot of books in the last couple weeks, um, was The Alchemist. Oh my gosh. If you have not read The Alchemist or you have not read it recently, you are missing out. And so this is one of the general messages of The Alchemist. It's a fictional story about this shepherd boy who goes searching for his personal legend or like his mission in life. So if you are kind of feeling like at a crossroads in life or maybe you've achieved a certain something and now you're like, what's next? This is such a good book for you. Um, And this is a quote that really resonated with me. When we love, we always strive to become better than we are. When we strive to become better than we are, everything around us becomes better too. So like, how dare you, that small picture thinking, like, how dare I think I deserve better? Like, how dare I reach for more? When you strive to be better, everything around you becomes better too. And so that's kind of like the solution to that, to that small picture thinking is that how dare you not strive to become better? The world needs you to become better. Right? Right. I'm also reading Option B by Sheryl Sandberg, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Honestly, it's kind of rough. It's kind of sad. There's a lot of sad, hard things in it, um, but there's so much good information in it. And I think that that 
that's really telling that we don't want to hear about hard, sad things, but it can be, she does it in a really good, informative way that you can be aware of how to help and address these situations. Anyway, Sheryl Sandberg says this, people can't be what they can't see. And I think that that limiting belief, like that you don't deserve anything better than you already have, stems from that. You can't be what you don't see. So if you don't see a better future for yourself, if you don't see anything more from yourself, how on earth are you going to be it? Right. Right. And so that is very small picture thinking because you're you're only looking at what is immediately in front of you and you can't see yourself in that potential that you have, this greatness that's within you. Right. Right. And so that's what that trait of you don't believe you deserve anything better than what you already have, that is small picture thinking. Stop it. Stop it right now. Stop it. <laughs> Am I next? You're next. Okay, cool. That was an awesome one. I like that. Okay, the next one that I want to talk about is waiting for things to happen or waiting for opportunities to come to you Mm -hmm. without actively like doing anything to bring it forward. I'll give an example. Yeah. Back when I knew I was going to do music, I just knew that I was going to get the the big job. I knew, and I couldn't believe that people weren't calling me for like to do the big gig. Like, how did they not appreciate your greatness? Exactly. Like, I I was, you know, I practiced piano. I was, I was, I was productive. I was good. But you built your skill. I built my skill, but it was such a small picture. I didn't make it easy for anyone to hire me. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't go out and think outside the box. I didn't, I wasn't proactive. Yeah. I just said, I thought, you know, someday I'll get the big gig. Mm -hmm. I was very wrong. So wrong. So not that you would get the big gig, but that you you weren't wrong about that. You were wrong about that you would get it that way. Yeah, I was just waiting for things to, to happen to me, you know. And so that that just doesn't happen. If you're not out working for it, it's not going to happen. So small picture thinking is thinking, you know, someday that's going to happen to me. Someday I'm going to have that job. Not to, And you're not doing anything right now to, to work towards it. Yeah. Okay, you guys, should I say this? I'm working on a book. Yeah, go for it. I'm writing a book because I've always wanted to write a book. And... Oh, this is double fold right here. One, I'm going to be really, really, really honest right now. I have been a little miffed that no publisher has reached out to me because publishers reach out to people who have larger um, online followings and like suggest that they write a book. And I've been like, what? How does how is nobody? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I've been like, you know, not something that I consciously would admit, but I think subconsciously, like, how are publishers not reaching out to me to ask me to write a book, right? And so this week, I was working on, and then I, that's small picture thinking, exactly what Eric is talking about. So I got past that. I've started writing my book and I'm like, uh, thank you, Field of Dreams. I'm going to build it and they will come or build it and self-publish. Who gives a crap? The beauty of living when we live. Yeah, exactly. You can put your own stuff out there. So I'm writing my book and I had this reflection of a certain conversation that I needed to jump in. And my conclusion, like my reflection after that conversation that I share the, um, the story in my book is that you are not going to receive a formal invitation to go after your dreams. Yep. And so often, I actually have a really good analogy. I'm going to save it for the book, though. I got to save some goodies for the book. But expecting a formal invitation to go after your dreams is just so ridiculously unreasonable. You, You know what? You might. You might, but you're probably not going to. But we haven't. But we haven't. (laughs) Nobody invited me to start a podcast. Not one person asked me to start a podcast. Yeah. 
I just freaking started it, right? Yeah. Well, no one would have cared because you wouldn't have, have done anything. They wouldn't know to ask for it. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's the thing. Like, Eric had all this talent and I'm a writer with an audience. I'm like, how is a publisher not begging me to write a book? But that short picture thinking, waiting for things to come to you, they rarely do. Maybe someone has reached out to you. Your inbox is kind of messy. Okay, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one person. Like there has been one publisher, but they're not. I don't think they're a good fit. But this was later, guys. This was before. <laughs> P.S. By the way, my inbox is really messy. <laughs> Doing the best I can. Here's another one we came up with for when you're thinking small picture thinking. You give the bare minimum. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 will meet expectations of people, but mm-hmm. that's it. There's no further. Yes. Now. This is something that I do. If you run into me sometime, you might realize this. Uh, When I have a waiter or a waitress or somebody that is in a service industry or I meet somebody, I literally, and maybe I've shared this before, I literally interview people that I meet all the time. They don't realize that I'm interviewing yeah, them for a it's job. Very, it's very cryptic. I'm very cryptic. And also, I'm genuinely interested in like what people want for their life. Yeah, you are. Like, And so there's that. I'm like, okay, like, what do you really want? Like, I just get right to it so quick. Like, what do you really want in your life? Let's talk about that. But also, on the flip side, I'm also like, is there a, an opportunity that I have or somebody that I know who could help them with that? Because I find a lot of value in giving people that. So I'm always looking for opportunities there. I have hired babysitters who have been waitresses. The only people that I hire for the Allison show are people who have volunteered at my events. Right. So when you are in a job or you are in a situation where you are giving the bare minimum, you do not realize the opportunities you are missing by not bringing your A-game every single day. Or it's like the paycheck to paycheck mentality. Mm -hmm. That's fine if you do live that way. We have, and it's whatever. What what, what I'm saying is as soon as the clock is done, Mm -hmm. you check out. Yeah. You go home and you watch TV. There's no yeah. self-improvement. There's nothing preparing you to be better the next day. Yeah. And so that's what you're saying is you're mm-hmm. saying these people that are kicking butt at their jobs and obviously like improving themselves and they're open to receive new opportunities. They're open to receive new opportunities. So I like this because I think we're saying two facets to this right. s- small picture thinking. The first one is that you're just doing the bare minimum. Right. Right? Like paycheck to paycheck, you're punching in, you're punching out, you're not doing anything to further yourself. And then I think the second aspect of it, and what I'm saying is you're not realizing that there's opportunity in what you have right now. Right. No matter where you are. No matter where you are, you could be serving drinks at So Delicious, and those So Delicious girls, you ask them, I drive through and I know most of their majors. I know what they're working on. I talk to them about, hey, maybe you should come volunteer for this. Maybe you should do that. Oh, I know so-and-so who works here, right? And the reason I'm giving them those opportunities is because they're giving their A-game even in serving soda through a window. Right. And so you just can't think that things are beneath you. And and honestly, I'm guilty of that sometimes too. You take a job or you accept something that you're like, I'm doing a favor for somebody. You just can't afford to not bring your A-game every single time because you never know what those opportunities are going to lead to. And also because you should bring your A-game because you want to be a decent human on this planet. It's not all about what you're going to (laughs) get. Okay. So that's small picture. That's small picture thinking. We don't want to dwell on that. That's just to educate so people can be self-aware. Yes. And kind of identify once you know, then you have power. Exactly. And like Eric and I said, we all have small picture thinking. We all have limited thinking some of the time in certain areas. Exactly. You can have small picture thinking about maybe your extended family, but you're great at your business. Is that an accusation? 
No, not at all. I was just thinking, <laughs> just I was trying kidding. to think it's something that people could relate to. Oh, yeah, like, definitely. Like, you could have that about your, your neighborhood. Your in-laws, your neighborhood. It can be totally compartmentalized in your life. It's that people believe that, okay, when I get my new car, I'm going to keep my new car clean. No, if you want to keep your new car clean, keep your crappy beater clean. Which we're doing way better at. We are doing better at keeping our old crappy cars clean. <laughs> I love our cars. <laughs> we do have old crappy cars. All right. Let's talk about big picture thinking because that's what we want. Slay it. Kay. Kill it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you're telling me to slay it or kill it. I'm always telling you, but I'm telling everyone too. Okay, cool. So big picture. So these are the people that are hungry and they want greatness. Now, this can this happens to everyone naturally. Like you can naturally be like unsatisfied with the situation and realize, you know, there's there's got to be something better, even if you don't know how to get to that spot. Mm-hmm. Or you can be inspired by someone or something. I love that. So let me just tell you quickly, when my life, I had a huge paradigm shift. Give it to us. Okay. So I was working for a company. This is 2005. And we went to a work retreat and they had this speaker come and he was dressed in regular clothes and he was pretty like, not really... It didn't really, flashy. Yeah, he wasn't Flamboyant. flashy at all. But he got up there, sat on the table, legs dangling, and like just had a chat with us. He taught us the producer versus victim mentalities mm. and, and, and what goes with that and how producers control their life. They control what's going on. They are the heroes of their story. Victims are the people who put limits on themselves. They self-impose suffering. They self-impose, uh, you know, situations that they can't win. And so... Without going any further, I'm just going to say that inspired me and that set me off on a path of self-improvement, of learning, of being thoughtful and really like taking control of my life. So Is that when you started writing like quotes on note cards and carrying them around yes. in your pocket? Yes. Okay. I just want to say Eric took me out on a date, on a couple of dates, and we can talk about that later, but I wasn't that into him for a couple of reasons. One of them because he told me to calm down. Uh, The other one is I didn't feel like he took growth or took himself seriously. Like I couldn't have identified it as growth at the time. And then like a year later, we started dating again and this shift had happened. And this is when I became attracted to him and wanted to marry him. Thank you. (laughs) I'm just saying doing this will get you hot. (laughs) Do it. Okay, so big picture. So I'm just saying, so you're unsettled, so you want something better, and so you start looking and you realize. So that's big picture thinking is is you crave greatness, you crave something different. So maybe would you say that big picture thinking is when you feel um, unsettled, you look for inspiration, and small picture thinking would be you become a victim. Yeah, when you you're look unsettled. for, you complain. You complain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Another attribute of big picture thinkers is you act every day as if your goal is already achieved. And this is exactly what I was talking about with the people just bringing their A game, even if they're not working their specific job or the specific thing that they want to be doing right that minute, they're already acting like a winner. They're already acting like they're at the level that they want to be that with their attitude and their work ethic. And their habits. And their habits. Yeah. So a cool way to implement this idea is we released our gratitude practice, episode 24. And P.S., by the way, freaking thank you guys. Like so many people are using it, listening to it, recommending it. It exceeds 
it exceeds like all my expectations. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. Like I have tried to learn not to have expectations when we put out stuff like that because I was so excited about it. Of course, I wanted people to receive it and love it, but I let go of those expectations. But then you guys did receive it and love it, and it makes me really happy. <laughs> <laughs> But at the end of that gratitude practice, and that's episode 24 that we put out, one of the habits is not just saying what you're thankful for currently, it's actualizing what you're thinking thankful for that hasn't happened yet, right? Yeah. And the reason you do that is to put your mind and your body and everything in that state that is ready to receive it and ready to achieve it, right? Right. I like James Allen's visual of receiving truth is like the morning flower opening up to the sun. Yeah. And that's what you're doing for your future that you want. You're just opening yourself up and you're doing those things. You're just wide open with the things that you think will be there. It's a really, really shame that you guys can't see Eric giving you the visual of being a morning flower opening up to the sun. It wasn't that dramatic, actually. It was beautiful. I loved it. Okay, so that's acting every day as if you've already achieved your goal. And you can do that um, with your attitude, your work ethic. You can also do that uh, by opening yourself up to the possibility, having a gratitude practice where you're already grateful for the things that you just know that you're going to receive and be ready for. Right. So this next one is realizing that, you know, limits are self-imposed, that we create barriers that actually don't exist. This is something that has blown my mind from doing all of the brand work that I'm doing. So I teach these brand workshops and I'm discussing business and life goals, honestly, um, with dozens and dozens of students. And then I'm also doing this one-on-one brand coaching. And what I've realized is that the limits that you set in your life are exactly the limits that transfer to your business. Oh, well, yeah, that makes total sense. Well, it makes total sense, but it's really mind-blowing to see it in both myself and in other people and be like, oh, hey, I think that this is, and what they are is they're self-imposed limitations. Right. And so, and so what you're saying is you realize that so many of these limitations that we're giving ourselves are self-imposed. It's just the awareness that it's self-imposed. Mm-hmm. That alone is big picture thinking. Yeah. You're, you're stepping back in your objective and you see that that's something you can overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Okay. And this is our last attribute of a big picture thinker is that they act now, now. Right now. Yeah, they don't And write. so, right now. Like, right now. Do it right now. So, this is another book that I just recently read. Like I said, I've just been, like, crushing books lately. I listened to The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. Such a good one. It's so good. And let me say this about The Five Second Rule. I listened to it, and I was like, oh, this is great. And sometimes business or self-help books, you listen to, like, the first couple of chapters, and you're like, I get it. And I did at first think, how is she going to have a whole book about this one rule? I know. I did too. (laughs) She does it. She gives you so many different applications and so many scientific case studies. And it is just so rich and full of so many practical tools that if you are dealing with some um, hard anxiety right now, if you're having a Uh, problems getting started on projects, if you keep hitting the snooze button, if you need motivation, I highly recommend this book. It is so awesome. It's The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. And in this, she says, put your priorities ahead of putting out fires. 
So what are we talking about? We're talking about big picture thinking. What's this last attribute of a big picture thinker? They act now. How do you act now? You put your priorities ahead of putting out fires. Okay, so what does that mean? Putting your priorities ahead of putting out fires. We talked about this and we'll find the episode uh, about making other people's problems your problem is like accepting a flaming bag of poop. Yep. When you wake up and the first thing you do is check your email, check the news, check social media, check your text messages, you are immediately putting other people's problems, you are immediately putting other people's agendas, other people's priorities, putting out fires, you are immediately putting those ahead of what you want in your life. We all do that. And so this is something that I have implemented immediately is that when I wake up, I am no longer uh, looking at my phone, not getting on social media. Eric reads the news a ton. And even the news is somebody else's agenda. It's somebody else telling you what to think about in that moment. Your most creative hours are first thing in the morning. And we're going to talk a lot more about making a schedule and we're going to talk more about that. But I think the biggest takeaway from this would be to remember, if you want to be a big picture thinker, if you want to get your life closer to where you want to be, is to remember the small actions that you are taking today lead to your life tomorrow. Right. And you want to put your priorities ahead of putting out other people's fires. Otherwise, you're, you'll never make it to your priorities. You'll never write the book. You'll never be become the composer that you want to be. Okay, so now we're going to provide you guys with three tactical tools that you can use today, right now, to be more of a big picture thinker. Now that we've really defined small picture thinking and big picture thinking, here are three quick tactical tools. Tool number one is do your creative work first. This is speaking directly to that putting your priorities ahead of putting out fires is when you hire a babysitter, when you put the kids to bed, when you get into the office and it's time to do work, however it is you get done what you want to get done, don't check your email first. Oh, man. Don't go to your friggin' inbox first. Don't hop on social media and start responding to all the comments first because that is when your mind is most juicy, most creative, is going to give you the best work and you are wasting it. On saying, oh my gosh, thanks so much. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks it dry. It it seriously sets a tone for the rest of your day. It does. And so, And it's not your tone. And it's not your tone. And okay, we're so selfish. We're so selfish. Why do we want to set the tone for ourselves? Let's go back to that quote from the alchemist. When we strive to become better than we are, everything around us becomes better too right? We're not doing this because we're selfish. We're not doing this because we don't care about other people's priorities and other people's agendas. We're doing this because we want to be the best selves we can be to help elevate everything around us. So Eric and I have both done this this week. We've started doing our creative work first. Why did I work on my book this week? Because when I walked into my office, it was the first thing I did. And what have you been working on, Eric? Uh, Just some original compositions. Yeah, some really beautiful music. And it's awesome because um, we actually shifted our entire childcare schedule. Instead of having them come later in the day, we're having our babysitters come earlier in the day so that we're not kind of just like puttering around and wasting the morning. I kind of had a little bit of guilt associated with this. I'm like, am I giving my best creative hours to my work instead of my children? (laughs) But by filling my well, I feel happy, I feel fulfilled, and then we can go to the duck pond with the kids and 
I don't know. I feel really fulfilled and, and happy with myself, and that reflects in how I hang out with them. Oh, for sure. Once you've had a great day, it's so much easier to hang out than if you had a stressful, unproductive day that you feel guilty about. Yes. Okay, awesome. Okay, so tactical tool number one is do your creative work first, and tool number two is pick the one thing that's going to make you feel like a winner. Now, I have been using this tool, and I really like it. I, I, I'm surprised I haven't talked about it before, but it's called the five-minute journal, and I'll link to that in my show notes. And it has you ask yourself things in the beginning of the day and then things at the end of the day, and I really like it. But even if I don't use the five-minute journal every day, one thing that I've been asking myself when I wake up, you know, instead of checking email, instead of looking on social media, when I wake up, I ask myself, what is the one thing that I need to get done today in order to feel like a winner? Like the one thing, and you're like, oh no, I make a to-do list and I have to do this, 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 and this. And it's like, great, make a to-do list, but stuff jumps up. You've got to take kids to the doctor and deadlines need to be met. And so I give myself just like one thing. And sometimes that one thing is getting quality time with the kids. And sometimes it's something I need to get done for work. And sometimes it's reaching out to a certain person, right? But I just think like, what is the thing that I'm feeling unsettled about right now? And I make that my one thing that I need to do to make me feel like a winner that day. Tactical tool number three is eliminate knee-jerk distractions. I call these knee-jerk distractions because they are text messages, they are notifications, they are pop-ups of any sort. So how do you eliminate these knee-jerk distractions is honestly you put your phone on airplane mode or you put your phone away or you don't open your inbox. Mel Robbins in the five-second rule, she says how she leaves her phone in the bathroom at night. So she's not just like putting her phone on airplane mode. She's putting her phone in the other room. And this goes back to the opening quote that you gave from William James talking about having so many choices, so many distractions, so many options that it keeps you from reaching that higher plane, that higher level of thinking. And that's ultimately what big picture thinking is, is it's living on that higher plane. Because that's where life is the best, and that's where the most love is experienced, and that's where things are clear. And that's where you're going to find your ultimate truth for your life is on that higher plane. You're not going to find your ultimate truth for your life in your inbox. That's true. You're not. Okay, I just have one more thing to share from Mel Robbins, and then we can wrap it up because this is so good. Okay, go for it. Because I also just really want you guys to read this book because it's so great. Okay, so she talks about, and I'd, I'd heard this before, but this is such a cool point. Checking your inbox, and I believe checking like social media is this way too. It actually gives you the same chemical reactions in your brain as pulling the bar of a slot machine. It is the same experience as playing slots in Vegas, guys. And here's why it's called random rewards. Sometimes you check your inbox and like, yeah, it's just a bunch of like mailers and things that aren't interesting to you. And then sometimes you check your inbox and there's an opportunity or somebody reaching out or the job you wanted or an old friend telling you something cool, right? So it's that same principle of random rewards. But that is just knee jerk distractions. Yep. It's not like I'm saying never check your inbox for the rest of your life. Set a time for it. Set a time for it. All right. We hope that this has been awesome for you guys. We hope that you are excited to start having some more big picture thinking 
And I don't know, it's hard to get through a podcast episode without quoting Tony Robbins. And who even knows if this is really a Tony Robbins quote, but (laughs) it's people often overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a lifetime. And big picture thinking is what can you get done in a year, being realistic about that and not underestimating what you can get done in a lifetime. And how are you going to get it done? One step at a time. Amen. Amen. Okay, Eric, do you have a podcast yeah, review? Yeah, I do. Hey, guys, thank you so much for your podcast review. We've got some new ones coming in, and we really, really appreciate when you go to iTunes and leave us a review, and we read one every week, and then we pick a winner, and we send them a new Shack CD, and I'm doing awesome Tumblr. This is by Shoa, S-H-O-A. This podcast is life-changing. I was a latecomer to the podcast, but ended up listening to all 24 of her episodes in, what? Less, in less than a month. <gasps> Some multiple times. Oh my gosh. And you guys, as I listened to her gratitude practice and incorporated it into my morning walk, I was crying real tears and I could not stop them. Literal tears, laughs, and inspiration abound in her podcast. She is so real, so personable. And can we also take a second and acknowledge Eric's taste in music? Mm. That's why I'm reading this one. (laughs) It's all so much. Yes, honestly, listen once, listen twice, listen three times, and then thank me later because this is too good. That is the sweetest review. Thank you so much. That's a lot of Allison and Eric to listen to in one month. And so I hope that it was, <laughs> it, it sounds like it was worth your time. And that means so much to me. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. We want to thank you for leaving your reviews. And can we also say we love when you screenshot and share on your Instagram stories what you're doing when you're listening to the podcast and you show us and I can go on there and be like, yes, yes, thank Thank you. You're so awesome. Some people started tagging me. I told them to, ta- to tag you too, Pleasant Pictures. And if you have any questions or any things that you, any topics that you wish we would talk about on the podcast, you can reach out to us at awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. Allison always has one L in it. And I'd like to remind you guys that only you can be you and you're already as awesome as you need to be. Eric, are you going to take us out on a song? Yeah. I do a project with my friend Elaine Bradley from the Neon Trees. <laughs> The drummer. And uh, we released a new single this week. Oh. The band is called Kissed Out, and the song is called Stupid Heart. Maybe you want me home. And maybe you don't. I could choose to say it out loud. Yeah, push it out. Probably won't.